Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Trip, how was your time off now, huh? Uh, it was good. Only only had one minor piece of chaos, but it was... It, that's boring. Yeah. Day, day one, we were down there. We went to the beach and uh, was walking in about waist-deep water. And there was just a freak wave, which knocked me over. Before I could stand up, there was a second one, and it knocked my glasses off my face. <clears throat> and my glasses were just gone. Nice. That's pretty fun. Yeah, so I had to get on a website and order glasses online and have them, like, rush delivered. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But besides that, besides being, like, completely blind for a day, it was all right. Couldn't see nothing, huh? Well, it's so funny. So I normally always have a spare pair of glasses. I even have two spare pairs of glasses in my car. And I was like, I better throw this in my uh, carry-on whenever we get to the airport. And I just forgot to do it. Do you know, uh, when most people are on vacation and they want to not be able to see, they just drink too much. That's a little easier. Yeah, that's true. But I don't really drink, so... I had to do it the more complicated way. You had to find a different way to blur your vision. (laughs) Lose my glasses to the ocean. I mean, it would have been cheaper just to get a bottle of cheap vodka, I guess. No, but besides that, it was lovely. Uh, It was September Florida weather, which means it rained every single day. But the rain was real consistent. It like roll in between like two and seven o'clock in the afternoon. So as long as you got up and did whatever you were going to do, it usually wasn't a problem. No hurricanes or nothing. Nope. Got to go on the new updated version of the mummy ride, which was pretty dope. Oh, this is just Tom Cruise trying to get you into Scientology. No, nope. It's still Brendan Fraser. They didn't change that. (laughs) They didn't update it. Nope. (laughs) All they, all they did is so, up until very recently, it all the effects and stuff in it were tube TV stuff. And now they updated it to the new big bendy flat screens where they can do crazier stuff where it like moves with the ride and things like that. Interesting. Sounds fun. That ride's pretty awesome because the very end, whenever you're in the mummy's tomb, the it's supposed to be the buildings catching on fire. And fire rolls across the ceiling above you. And I I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like movie perfect. Because it's that thick, rolly fire with the black in it. You know what I'm talking about? And it's real fire, so it feels like you're going to die. 
<laughs> it's pretty it's pretty dope. I felt like I was gonna die. It's great. Five stars. Well, it's a ride based off of a horror movie. You've got to feel like you're going to die occasionally. Mm, well, it's based on the mummy, though. Not really. that's, that's more of an action movie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all know it sucked. It's fine. I enjoyed that movie. I think we all liked it. I think you even liked it, Noah. It's all right. We did it on the show not that long ago. <laughs> I know. It's all right. Look, I can. we can watch the Tom Cruise one. If you nope. really want to listen, you shut up, Brian. <laughs> Brian, you shut up. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Put it on the list. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it's the last week of Slater September. Another year has come and gone. <laughs> Two- and we are we are dragging the bottom of that barrel at this was, point, aren't we? I was getting ready to say. I think it might be safe to say that this is the end of Slater September. Oh I no. There's there's other movies I wanted to get. I, no, to, but we just I didn't don't know so, if we can. Man, I like like Doug said, we're really scraping this barrel pretty hard, and I just I don't want to know what else is in there. Well, you'll find out next year with his movie with Martin Sheen, where Martin Sheen played an astronaut. Oh, saw God. aliens. What? Yeah, that was a movie. You're, you're stressing me out. <laughs> that was a movie. <laughs> All right, yeah, I don't yeah. know if yeah. I, I, we might have to have an off mic discussion about the continuation yep. of our sometimes tradition. Uh, uh, next year, Slater September continues on. I don't, um, so this I don't year, know why you think you're in charge. Because I'm always in charge. Because everybody else is just like, yeah, I don't care, whatever. Yeah, it's good. I uh, would almost uh, prefer next year it'd be Jesse Slater September. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck's Jesse Slater? From Saved by the Bell. Uh, oh, we're gonna just, do that. Show Showgirls is in that, so we, we'd be doing like show. We're gonna have to find Mario Lopez movies. Is that what, what would happen there? <laughs> Every week is one starring Jesse and one starring Slater. Is that how that works? I wonder if him calling calling women Mama would still get get by with today's uh, this crowd. No, nothing that happened back then gets by with today's crowd. That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that is more than a year old is politically correct anymore. That's all there is to it. And one of these movies that we're about to talk about is going to bring that up over and over and over and over again in case you forget. I would have, uh, I would have come up with a better reference, but for some reason, I, my brain is 90% sure there are no other famous actors with the last name Slater, which is just uh, weird. I was going to say we could do Jack Slater September. Just watch... Uh... Last action hero, like two times a week, four weeks. <laughs> that actually sounds all right. All right. I like uh, how no- nobody can think of Helen Slater, who was in one of the movies we talked about this month. No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> that means we could do Supergirl. That'd be that'd be all right. I'd be down for that. All right. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Mix it up. Uh, but we're talking about Christian Slater for this week, and we're doing the River Murders and Guns, Girls, and Gambling. Two movies which you've probably never heard of before. Nope, I hadn't. <laughs> I just I first heard of these approximately one week ago when Brian said the names. <laughs> uh, Noah, you seem like you really enjoy the River Murders. You want to tell us what's about me? <laughs> So Ray Liotta is 
is or isn't an FBI agent slash cop of some kind. I don't. I don't give a fuck. He's a, he's a regular cop detective. Is that right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Chris, Christian Slater's FBI. Okay, yeah. and Christian Slater is investigating him because every woman he's ever put his dick into, uh, plus his mom, which has some disturbing connotations <laughs> are turning he straight up straight up asked him did you fuck your mom at yeah. the start of the fight yeah uh are turning up dead typically in the same place where ray leota once upon a time put his dick in them and then they're having jewelry shoved up their vaginas uh there's uh sides crosses cut into their tongues don't yes and crosses cut into their tongues and we're immediately shown who the killer is you know like all great movies (laughs) Uh, there's a shit ton of abortion references throughout this movie which is totally not connected to the killer well it is sort of right Right. It's a very which, which at the at the end of the movie, it's he tried to talk his high school girlfriend into having an abortion, and it turns out her parents actually just took her somewhere else, and she had the kid. And then years and years later, the son found out that mommy was going to abort him, and apparently went religious crazy and decided to hunt down his dad and get very detailed information about his dad's sex life and where. Right. He sexed these women. Like who? Like the conceit is he's asking these women who the next, basically who the next victim is going to be, and they seem to know everything. Right? Yeah, they know the know. details, the details of where they had sex. Yeah. But when it's they ask Ray Liotta, he's like, "No, I don't talk to anybody about stuff like that." Uh, and at the end of the movie, he's got a duffel bag full of baby fetuses and jars, yeah. and he says they're my brothers and sisters, and I don't understand. If that's a religious reference to those are his brothers and sisters, or if part of this movie is somehow he's been following around his dad performing abortions for his <laughs> various well, yeah. girlfriends over the years, it's weird. It's very badly I, written. I, I, I thought for a minute that all of those women who had been murdered all had abortions and that he had taken the aborted fetuses from but I don't think that's what that's, it is. I think it yeah. is supposed to just be like, they're my brothers and sisters because you were trying to abort me and these kids actually did get aborted. Right. Uh, and then he talks his dad into killing him because he's he wants to be aborted, I no, guess, philosophically. It's, it's late, late-term abortion when you're and, 30 years old yeah. as a 48-year-old cop and, and right? you get him to shoot you. And then it turns out he didn't kill Ray Liotta's new wife, who is pregnant, which is kind of the, ooh, he didn't do it. And the movie ends with Ray Liotta being happy and being a dad. Mm-hmm. Which, what the fuck? Brian, well, did, you, did you really fucking not- force me to watch a movie that I'm 90% sure is just abortion propaganda. Uh, yeah, because I didn't realize that all about three fourths of the way through the movie. But it's it's weird abortion propaganda because it's like the only person who lectures about abortion is the serial killer. So I assume they don't want us to believe what he believes, but he's the only one who takes a really strong moral stance on the issue. So I don't know. 
It's like if that if they're trying to get us to side with the killer, that's a weird thing to do. Well, well, the weird thing is in the flashback when they find a kid who looks nothing like Ray Liotta to play. Ray not Liotta's even close. No, I did not even know that that was him until I said his name. <laughs> I mean, like this movie's got such awkward fucking politicking in it. If it was Kevin Sorbo instead of Ray Liotta, I would go. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> But like he's having a conversation with his pregnant girlfriend. He's like, no, women have the right to choose now. And she's like, well, why don't we just get married? He's like, no, <laughs> never. It is. It is. Women have the right to hilarious. choose. Now do what the fuck I'm telling you to do. You yeah. dumb bitch. But it's not your choice. It's it's yeah. but it's not my choice. It's your choice. That whole scenario. It was. Yeah, it was. It was weird. All that stuff was weird. And it's like. I think I, I honestly don't think it is political. I think that the filmmaker is just thinks they're being edgy by bringing up this subject matter and making it part of the film. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of what's wrong with this film is that they just they want to be edgy and dark and they're just too chicken shit to go all out. Because it so, feels really propagandy. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's intended that way. Okay. Maybe that's what I'll, I, I'll accept. I, that. I, just, like, I, I mean, otherwise you would have the the person who you would have the good guy give the anti-abortion speech, right? Yeah. The other thing about this movie, so we've got Ray Liotta delivering a, a terrible script as best he can. Christian Slater delivering a terrible script as best he can. Uh, Ving Rhames getting a paycheck. Yep. And everyone else in this movie I don't like it's like they didn't even fucking cast this movie. They just walked around and they were like, you come here, read this. There's a little bit of truth to what you're saying there. Yeah. The uh, the partner of Ray Liotta, the the female cop who he has a history with and they try to use that with a strange vague accent. Yeah. Seems to change throughout the movie. So weird. Like, I have no idea. Like. Like, she's like, I don't know if if they want the character to be like a tough cop. Because at times they play her like that. Uh, other times they play her almost like a dumb valley girl. And I'm like, I don't think you guys understand the concept of creating a character in a movie so that we can either we can relate to her in some way. It's just and, and I don't know whose fault it is, whether it's the actress is incapable or whether it's just the direction she's being given from time to time. But it's like it, she behaves so differently in all the different scenes. I'm like, why? Like which one of these is acting and which one of these is you being yourself? That's all I want to know. I feel like they should have swapped the wife and the partner. Maybe like they could have at least maybe made the, the partner a little bit more aggressive and then had the, uh, the lady that plays the wife. They could at least be like, yeah, do like a Rosie Perez type of thing or whatever. Yeah, and at least like you would have been like, okay, well that's a choice. At least that's something. They needed the wife, wife to be aggressive so they could have really pointless discussions that have no impact uh, on anything, just uh, to create uh, the false sense of drama. Yeah, the actress who played the wife is terrible. She's, what about the part where she, uh, she? I don't even know. I'm just I'm already at the point of our discussions where I say, what about the part? But. He's like, look, every woman I've ever slept with is being killed. We have no idea who's doing this. We have no idea why. I need you to take a little time off work and stay somewhere safe until we catch the guy. 
And she's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. And I'm like, what the fuck is she? What are you yelling at him for? He's trying to keep you alive. Like, what is what is happening? Like, she acts as if, like, he's trying to, like, lock her up. It's a weird thing, like, in a like in a weird, like, post-coronavirus world. It's like, look, just maybe don't go to work today because you might get sick. Fuck you. It's like, did you want to go anyway? Like, what are you so mad about? What is going on? Yeah, this movie is so, well, number one, it's poorly edited. The scenes do not flow together very well at all. Which, no, number you, one. Yeah, number it one, that made-for-TV feel that we've complained about in other things earlier in the month. Yeah, yeah which is another comparison I have in a second. Um, they do not flow for anything. There's a scene where he comes home. She doesn't know what's going on yet. And he's like, ah, oh, there's just some stuff going on where... And she's like, oh, do you want to talk about it? He's like, no, you know what? We'll talk about it in the morning. And then it cuts to the outside of their building where it's daytime. And now they're sitting in bed and he's like ending the story of what's going on. And I'm like, was that necessary? It's Did weird. We, you have to have a scene change for that. Like it, it was, yeah, it's just horrible. It this honestly movie started- also has an outrageous amount of sweaty, naked serial killer. Yeah, and, and because he's not a good actor, that like has no effect other than you going, gross. Why is this dude on the screen? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. It's not like Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, where he's he's portraying this, uh, you know, corrupted, broken man, and you have to look at sweaty, half naked Joaquin Phoenix gesticulating in his living room or something. You know what I mean? Because that, at least you're like, ah, performance. This guy is just like, once again, high school play with a doughy, not intimidating serial killer, naked quoting Bible verses. It's, I don't know, it's just weird. It's like this guy saw the movie Seven and was like, you know what, I could do that better. No, you can't. No, you can't. But here's the thing, though. It's it's chicken shit filmmaking, though, right? Because... A movie like Seven, which this is this is obviously trying to ape Seven. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, but they go like, you want you want a dark serial killer? Okay, we're gonna give you fucking Kevin Spacey showing up with the chick's head in a box. You want you want kills that are over the top? Fuck you. We're gonna give you that. We're gonna show you chick who has to choose whether to live ugly or kill herself with pills that are glued to her hand. We're gonna give you a fat guy that's about to explode, like. They go there. They they had the balls to fucking take those steps and to gross you out, and it works really well. In this film, it's like it was a violent, horrible sex crime, and he did this to the body and this to the body and this. They're too chicken shit to show you any of that because they still want housewives to be able to rent this at Blockbuster and fucking watch it and enjoy it, right? Yeah. So it ends up being, it's like, well, you're just, you just keep telling me that he did horrible things. And then he stands there all sweaty for a while. Well, there's some, theoretically a body near him, but we don't even know because you're too scared to show us that body. And it's like, if you want to go into that horror territory, then you got to commit and go there, you know, accept the fact that you're now an R rated film, that you're alienating a certain amount of the audience, but you're making a better movie for it. Instead, you do this halfway bullshit. It just doesn't work. So as I'm watching the movie, you know, sitting there and right away, it's like, okay, there's two deaths almost before the movie even starts. Like you see two dead bodies, like within the first five minutes and they're like, oh, these two women have been killed. And it's like, okay, 
Um, and then you watch his wife go to like a clinic or whatever. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, she's pregnant. And then and all he's looking at the second dead body, like he goes home and then his wife's like, oh no, your dad called your mom died. And I'm like, holy shit. Are we already like halfway through this movie? So check the time. <laughs> all this shit has happened in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. There's there are. I'm like, good. Lord. It's, a, it's a slasher level body count in this movie. <laughs> they just yeah. every five minutes of somebody dies. And then they just show up at Ray Leona's house and ask when and where he slept with that person. <laughs> and pointing the made-for-TV part, I'm like, this reminds me of something, but I don't know what. And I realize this almost reminds me of an episode of, like, Law & Order. Since they only have, like, 40 minutes to get all the info in, they just cram all that shit into the first 15 minutes. Yeah. And then play the rest out. And I'm like, that's what they're doing. They're Law & Ordering it, where they just cram all the stuff in the first 15 minutes. And then, like, just, you know, play everything out. I'm like, yeah, give an hour and a half. Slow the fuck down. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like, they, they didn't under, they don't understand that you need to let, let us get to know the characters so that we give a shit when Ray Liotta's getting stressed about all this stuff. You know what I mean? Instead, they try to throw in, like, that cheap fake drama where him and his wife have an argument about who slept with who and whatever. And it's like, it doesn't. I don't care. It's not relevant plot wise. It's not relevant. It's not making me care about these characters. It's just drama for drama's sake. And there's a lot of that in this movie. And you're just like, they're, they're forcing it as opposed to letting it come naturally as opposed to just telling a story. Cause it's, a, it is an interesting idea. Um, yeah, and if, yeah, I think there's a good story here. It's just a better yeah. filmmaker would have made it way better. Yeah. Because even like, like Ray Liotta's well cast in this. He's, he's good for that part. And he does a good job with it. Christian Slater is the like prick FBI agent that is just <laughs> has no time for anybody's nonsense. And is just like, like asks him like, Oh shit, your mom's dead. Did you sleep with her? Like, you know what I mean? Keeps yelling at him. Cause the list isn't big enough. And then every time somebody's like, Hey, you're being an asshole. He points out. Yeah. Well, instead of worrying about me being an asshole, worry about all the lives we have to save right now. So don't worry about it. And it's like, <laughs> he's Christian Slater's good for that. Like we said, Ving Rhames is doing what he does. Right. Speaking up. Yep in that really deep voice and you know he's just another cop and it's like okay and then it's like so you've got like the building blocks of a good movie they just don't quite pull it off they need to do a better job with the mystery of who the killer is like uh, like you know a lot of times if we were doing a mystery movie in our plot description we would try to avoid spoilers but fuck, if you're surprised by the end of this movie like i'm congratulations on seeing your first movie like it's <laughs> i don't like the whole time i was like as soon as they did the flashback with the discussion with him and the, the girlfriend having a, abortion i pieced together the entire plot and so then it's like okay so now it's not a mystery you haven't committed to the horror and the gore elements and all that like that darkness and that creepiness that you could be getting out of this story you don't have a good killer per se so he's not scary or anything so what's left like it's it's the it's these actors doing the best they can to make something out of this movie when there's just not enough there it's it's not their fault it's the filmmaker's fault right say like ray, ray Liotta's weirdly beautiful eyes <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i was looking up information i found that the director was a producer on john carpenter's the ward yeah i was like oh that makes sense i bet so he was on he was on set being like no no we need to 
have really boring reveals for these story beats, John. Yeah. You need to slow it down. Just look, look, let's let's make this like a good movie, but without all the trying. Okay, that's what we need to be doing here. <laughs> that's yeah. It's such a bummer because I I I don't know. Like I said, had, the story is actually halfway decent, but it's just yeah. they lost everything else. It, it really, everything about it is decent. If it was a better made film, I'd enjoy it. And it, honestly, I can't, all we've done is trash it. I can't say I hated the experience of watching this. Because it's like, again, if, if, this, if I'd rented this in 2011 when I didn't have access to Netflix and Prime and Disney Plus and everything else at my fingertips, I probably would have watched it and gone, yeah, right. And then I would have forgotten all about it. You know what I mean? And nowadays i just i i honestly expect more from my filmmaking because i have access to so many good movies don't waste my time with stuff like this yeah i wonder like if the filmmaker just thought he was being clever like we talked about the weird muddled abortion message yeah um but then there is the uh ray Liotta theorizes he uh slept with like 100 women yeah and uh it's this, this weird like he's like i don't know i didn't get married till i was 40 so i was just just fucking a lot. Yeah. And one night stands. And then they try to like, be like, well, let's guys, let's discuss the double standard. If women did it. And then they had his wife try to do this monologue where she's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I've only had like 20, I've slept with like 20 guys, but I slept with them a lot. Cause I like to fuck. And it's yeah. Just you're like, doing, Jesus Christ. you're not doing the weird accent. I, I like to fuck. <laughs> but so but it, it, it was like brian's point is very valid that it's like if you're gonna have that morality discussion of like because right away you open up with i can't believe you slept with this many women and he's like what i was i dated a lot it was all like consensual there's no indication that any of it wasn't you know what i mean and it's like okay so who cares if he slept with a whole bunch of women that's there's nothing is there something wrong with that that's the discussion they're opening up and then they, they turn it into that nonsense scene with the wife yelling at each other about who slept with who more. And then they throw in the adultery element of it. But then they even it out. They both cheated on each other like at the same time. And you're like, who? What is going on here? Like, who cares? Like, you didn't build up that relationship into something where we're going to care about these characters. You made this movie about the murder mystery. So let's get back to that because you're any and all attempts to add these discussions in is just not working. And it's the same thing with the abortion element. Like, I know people don't like to have rational, logical discussions about the pros and cons of abortion, but you could choose to ask questions and have your film open up a conversation about that if you feel like going down that route. But the way they do it is it's, it's muddled. It's like, I don't know what point they were trying to make. They're like, if you are they anti-abortion because the message is that if you try to abort a child and then the mom changes her mind, he'll become a serial killer. I don't like. maybe they should have aborted this kid of like, a, you know, if you're only going to abort one, maybe the guy that's going to kill a whole bunch of women just because they slept with his dad. Like, I don't know. it's very like, strange. The message of that movie is they should have got that abortion done. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Maybe like, it was the filmmaker again. Like we talked about, he thought he was being edgy. That's what I think it was. He yeah. just wanted that reveal, be like, remember that aborted fetus of yours? It's alive and it's killing all the women you fucked. Yeah, that, that's what like, they wanted. What? And it's like, 
No, I think they too, like at the end there, when he like when the duffel bag full of fetuses, I think they were trying to be like, again, I think they were, they were trying to do that seven thing where they're like, okay, we're in the middle of this dark mystery and then we're just going to gross you out on top of that and really get, catch you off guard. And it's like, it's not, but none of it's working because I don't give a shit because you're doing it too late in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And like Doug was saying, it's too easy to, it's supposed to be a mystery and that mystery solved so fast. If you just pay uh, attention yeah. to this movie whatsoever yeah like, because the serial killer is a crazy religious person that appears to be uh hyper focused on abortions and then it turns out his first girlfriend was supposed to have an abortion and that she had a super religious family and that's what everything was about mm-hmm. yeah it's just you're like huh i wonder if that could be what this is about yeah yeah yeah, weirdly, it's so weird to say, but I feel like there's too many murders in this movie. Like, I feel like, like we said, there's a decent story. If you could whittle this down and just make it like, oh, we live in a small town. For some reason, someone showed up and is killing all of my ex-girlfriends or whatever. You don't have to, I guess, zero in on the uh, everybody he's fucked. Like, that could just be subtext. That's fine. But it could be like, oh, yeah, my ex-wife or whatever. And then... My current wife and oh there was that high school girlfriend and then yeah the woman i had an affair with like that's enough that's enough to build a story around i mean my my opinion of this movie is any shitty 1970s italian director could have made this into a giallo for one tenth of the budget and it would have been (laughs) awesome it would have been amazing (laughs) the kills would have been way better we'd got to see right very true right and I think that's what this guy was going for. He was like, yeah, I'm going to leave my mark with my heart. And it's like, no, you're not hardcore. Your movie's not good. Yeah. And you can, you can hire, uh, no name actors who can act. You don't just have to put I don't, whoever these people are, your friends and relatives. I'm assuming. <laughs> I mean, maybe people who paid you to be in the movie. They like paid you so you could have enough money to hire Christian Slater and Ray Liotta so they could <laughs> hang out with them for a weekend. Because <laughs> I'm assuming this entire movie was shot in 10 hours. Probably. I don't know. Like, because there were some attempts at elaborate, like, set pieces and stuff, like in the graveyard scene where all the, like, said, like for some reason there were fetuses in wedding gift boxes. Oh, yeah. I think that was, that was the dude's mom. Like, she was all cut up and one had a fetus in it as well yeah i'm just like i don't too much shit going on like yeah like again it was a neat idea to have these like different boxes with different body parts in it but you just i don't know they played it wrong so it didn't come across across as like creepy and gross it just came across as weird and then there's that awkward moment where um like <laughs> which one is, is it like christian slater just holds one of the boxes up to ving rames he goes what is that and ving rames goes, ah oh, that's a fetus like it's like it's an inconvenience <laughs> there was a few moments like that where i'm like i like i felt bad for the actors because they're doing the best they can but it's like who wrote this script where it's like there's the one scene where they like they find a guy dead and they have to like get all homophobic about it <laughs> and it's like why like they're like because he's like, oh, we can tell if it's say is his wedding rings missing. So do you think that it's like shoved up? And they're like, we don't want to talk about where it might be. Yeah. And they go through this whole thing, and it's like you're cops at a crime scene. Like, what do you like? Why are you talking like high school kids who found a, a naked guy? And you're like, oh, I don't want to go go near him. It's gross. It's like it's just 
Like, has he been penetrated? I don't know. I'll let the coroner find that out. Yeah, it was all like every line of dialogue was like, I don't want to go near him because that like, sure, it's my job to find out who killed him. But I don't want to I don't want to come across as gay. So although I did like Christian Slater's line where he's just like uh, with a guy and Ray Liotta's like, no, never with a guy. (laughs) Christian Slater's response is maybe at an orgy or something. I don't know. (laughs) I did. She gets gets weird. (laughs) I did. I did like like the, I. I thought Christian Slater did a good job with the character they gave him, and some of the lines are terrible. But there were a few moments where he's just like, it's pretty funny watching him just like, oh, poke at Ray Liotta. Once again, the character he's playing is patronizing asshole, which is oh, yeah. literally just him playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a super easy. There's no like. All right, guys, I'm going to have to go away for a week so I can build this character in my mind. <laughs> it's literally just show up, say snarky shit, kind of, kind of sneer at Ray Liotta. You're yeah, good. Christian Slater, easy ride. Ray Liotta is clearly a consummate professional, and he's he's doing his best. And then Ving Rhames clearly knows that he's in a bad movie and does not give a fuck. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's but, in a lot of bad movies, to be fair. So, and yeah. his... His delivery is he is fine. Like that's that's what I can say about it. It's it's not great. We're not gonna sit here and praise his performance, but it's no. just that monotone thing that he does sometimes. Right. It's not like every now and again he can step it up and give a really good performance, but it's yeah. most of the time he doesn't have to. He's, he's not giving pulp fiction time. monologues. He's just no. Just but he's not sound, sound yeah. like the wise old like uh, police detective, and that's that's all he needs to do. Yeah, and that's he's fine. It's like Christian Slater. You want to? Well, how do you know he's an FBI agent? Well, they put him in a black suit and they had him say the word Quantico. Yeah. I mean, that's enough. God damn it! I'm two weeks from retirement. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Too old for this shit. It is almost a racial stereotype of like the old detective that's too old for this shit and has to go through one last case. It's always a black guy, isn't it? It's unfortunate. The only time started with Lethal Weapon or not. The only time he does show any emotion is when Ray Liotta tells him his wife's pregnant. And he like smiles and he's like, congrats, man. And that's like the extent of it. It almost felt like he broke character. Like he just (laughs) it's like you this character wouldn't smile. It's like, okay, Ving, we've been rolling for five minutes. He's like, oh shit. Oh, okay, sorry. I didn't know we were talking about personal stuff. I was, I was too, too good for this movie. <laughs> what about, uh, speaking of like emotional stuff, what about all the scenes between Chris, uh, Ray Liotta and his father when, uh, after the mom dies and the dad just doesn't seem bothered by his wife dying at all. <laughs> I'm going to sit out in the shed with my fishing stuff and that's all I'm going to do. Which, like, I mean, I, I get that part of it, but it's like he keeps like he's, keeps talking about how she walked across the same bridge every day for 30 years. And I always told her to be careful and she didn't listen, but he just doesn't seem to give a fuck at all. Oh, and he he's unjustified. So I know he was a halfway decent actor. Oh, really? So okay. This, this. Yeah, this he plays uh, Timothy Oliphant's dad in that show. All this place. stuff with the mom is weird. Because once once again, so Ray Liotta is a good actor, and we all know he's a good actor. We all know he can deliver stuff. And for the most part in this movie, he does. But I'm not sure if they were trying to tell him, like, play the stuff about your mother like you're in shock and just don't react. But 
he's real broken up at the funeral whenever he thinks his mom just fell off a rock and died. And when they tell him, oh, no, serial killer killed her and shoved her uh, a ring up her vagina, he just is like, what? Not cool. Oh, I don't know. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he had a decent reaction to that moment. Really? I felt like yeah. it's so undersold. He's just like, wow, that sucks. And you're like, I wouldn't you be like in tears and freaking out? Because I would be. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I'm going to not try to guess how I'd feel in that moment. <laughs> I prefer not to think about that, but thanks. Um, Scar. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't, I thought if honestly, I thought it was almost over the top. So I guess we, we saw that scene completely differently <laughs> in my head. What I thought happened is that the director was trying to get him to go over the top and Ray Liotta being a good actor was trying to hold back and try to like do it properly. And They've got sort of somewhere in between there. You obviously don't agree. So. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Not a recommend. Don't watch this fucking movie. <laughs> no. Not I, worth I your mean, time. I feel so like this is like time of your life. You'll never get back. The kind of like the kind of movie where like housewives who think they're into like dark horror movies, but they wouldn't watch seven because it's too dark. They would probably watch this and think it's good. And it's like, OK, but I don't we don't need to associate with those people. It's, it's, what about, it's, got, it's got some sex stuff in it. I liked it. That's something. See, once again, that's a situation I would love to see. I would like to hear from somebody who watches this movie and goes, yeah, fuck yeah. I think, <laughs> no, I th- I'd be like, I walk think, me through that. Walk me through your thought process. I, I, but I think there is a, a look. You're, you're not a film fanatic if you if you like this movie. But there's a, a class of people out there who aren't even going to be trying to figure out the mystery so they might not get it like i personally like i found i got it accidentally i wasn't trying to figure out the mystery and i still got it but you know they don't watch a lot of movies and they're not really thinking too hard while they watch so they wouldn't get it so then it would be kind of an interesting reveal like we're saying it would be a good story if this if it was told better to them it's told better and the the same thing it's like they don't they're not interested in a movie that goes super dark or super gory so this kind of pushes them in that direction and makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable like there are people like that they're just they're not people we talk to about movies because you know we're busy with each other talking about fucking all the crazy shit that we talk about on here <laughs> this does seem like a lifetime movie for horny moms yeah, but it's like, oh, but it's got Ray Liotta and Christian Slater in it, and there's nudity in it, and people fuck. Like, oh yeah, that's definitely one I want to watch. But for some reason, it's just like, no, that's that's, that's not good. Yeah, I don't know. It just and they're like, there isn't even enough nudity in it to like make it interesting. No, I don't know. Like if it was more exploitative, I could watch this and be like, haha, exploitation. It, it, you don't even get that. Yeah, but Lifetime Moms are weird. Should we move on? Well, we should talk about the scene that Noah wanted to bring up about oh, when okay. he goes yeah. when when the killer goes to the massage parlor where Ray Liotta used to go. Oh yeah, it was a stupid scene. <laughs> but he he like goes to the massage parlor and the chick that. Ray Liotta used to go there to bang is now the owner of the massage parlor. So she's like, I can just hook you up with a different masseuse, but I don't really do that anymore. And then he takes off his, his scarf to reveal that he's a, in a priest uniform. And then she's like, all right, I'll bang you if you're a priest. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. 
I'm, I think I'm actually the one that brought that up in the chat. Oh, are you? Okay. I thought it was so. <laughs> but it is still weird. It's still it's like, just what? like, why, she's like, she, she seems really nervous. It feels like off screen. She's got her hand on like a button that will like immediately call yeah. like security or something. But as soon as he takes that scarf off and reveals the priest outfit, she's like, oh, okay. You're a priest. Yeah, I can go jerk you off. I can go fuck you or whatever. Not a problem. It's, it's, like, it's what the fuck. It's very awkward, and I don't like. I, and the whole thing, to a certain extent, of just like, why do we? Again, it it maybe just feels like. Again, is it edgy that he went to a massage parlor? Like, is that what we're supposed to get out of this? Because it feels like. It feels like they want it to be something that's like dirtier and grimier because it's like prostitution or whatever. But then it's also played up as though he was like friendly with this chick and they got along. And I'm like, I don't even know if he was technically paying her for sex or if they were just if he met her at a massage parlor and then (laughs) they started banging. Like, I don't know which one of those happened because they don't want to go there. They never push that boundary enough. It's just another example of that where they're like, we want to be dark and dirty and grimy. But, you know, we're not actually going to show a scene where somebody gets a massage and has a happy ending or whatever. Like that'd be too far. It's like, well then don't go there at all. Like don't have that in your movie then it's fine. I didn't ask you to put a scene in a massage parlor. Was it was it racist that she was Asian? Yes, but 2011, I guess. I mean, it's it's to whatever extent it's racist. It's playing on a stereotype. It's really not that much more different than having Ray Liotta play a cop because he looks exactly like what you think a cop in a movie is going to be, or whatever. Well, speaking of racism and stereotypes, Doug, do you want to run down guns, girls, and gambling? Whew. Uh, Christian Slater pretends to be Elvis, but he's bad at it. So he plays cards with other guys who are better than him at it. But then better somebody's Elvis's. yeah. But then somebody else, then somebody steals a historic Native American mask, which does not even actually belong to the tribe they steal it from. So I don't even know if that technically makes it better. Um, and then they go through a lot of adventures where everybody is trying to shoot Christian Slater to get the mask back, but he doesn't even have it. But then at the end, he was kind of involved in it, and it's all very strange. This movie's really not about plot. It's one of oh. those hyper-stylized shoot 'em up movies that, generally speaking, I'm not a fan of. It's one of these movies where nobody in the movie has a name except for the Christian Slater character, who is known as John Smith. But all of their... <laughs> but then we find out that's not even his name? Yeah. But then all of the characters' names are still flashed up on screen, despite the fact that they do not have names. So we get, like, you know, Asian Elvis, and then it writes Asian Elvis on the screen for us. And we have... Yeah, somebody saw Smoke and Aces and thought they would do that. Yep. Yeah, there, there was this... this like, I, I forget what year this came out. It was like 2012. 2012. Yeah. So like in the years leading up to this in sort of after in the post Tarantino universe where Tarantino had had his impact in the in the 90s and people thought doing like over stylized stuff was cool. There was like all these movies that came out from like the late 90s until the mid 2000s until until about 2010 20 like this is the tail end of it in 2012 and all these like hyper stylized you know 
like the, the only good example I can think of, like Boondock Saints is one that people actually like, but there's so many of these that are just not very good. I imagine there are people who love them, but there's just so many of these where it's just like, it's not really about plot. It's not about characters. It's about re- jokes and, you know, trying to come up with weird reasons for people to be shooting at each other and stuff. Yeah. This and, movie's about 15 years too late. Yeah, that might be it. Like if it really wanted to capitalize on that stuff, it should have made 15 years earlier. But, but. Yeah. I will, I will say this. If somebody tried to pitch me on watching a movie and they said, okay, this is the way the movie starts. It's Gary Oldman dressed like Elvis walking through the desert. And clearly something is wrong. He gets to a, a bench in the middle of the desert, sits down, a random bus pulls up to pick him up. He gets on an empty bus and then an assassin shows up and tries to kill him. Yeah. My, I would go, that fucking sounds amazing. I have to see this fucking movie right now. And then I would have watched this movie and been really pissed off. Well, here's the thing about this movie that I will say makes it not utterly atrocious is the fact that you've got Gary Oldman, you've got Christian Slater, you've got Tony Cox, you've got fucking, uh, you got even Chris Catan. Chris Catan. <laughs> You'll notice I wasn't using the name Chris Catan. Um, but I mean, you've got, I forget his name now, but he was you've like, you've got that true Swedish actor from one of the shitty species sequels. Yeah. Like, but you have, you have a lot of decent actors. Hmm. Jeff Fahey, the lawnmower man himself. Yes. And you know what I mean? Like you have a lot of these like actors and it's like, they really bring something to this movie. They really do like, like say what you want, but like Christian Slater is made for a movie like this where he like has to give monologues explaining the history of cowboys versus Indians in order for (laughs) to explain the plot and shit. Like not very many people could do that. Not many, very many people can make cuffs a successful movie and keep breaking the fourth wall the way he does, but he does. Right. Yep. So he's perfect for this. And like, you know, yeah, I don't know how the hell they got Gary Oldman in this movie for a small part as like the best of the Elvises, but it's Gary Oldman. He fucking brings it. Like you give him the smallest part in the world and you're like, you watch it and you go, shit, like he's so good. <laughs> like it's, and you know, I like just, I just want to point out, this came out the same year as bat, the dark Knight rises. That's how, how is I he? Don't in know. It? I, I don't, don't get know. It. Who did he owe a favor to? It's it's so weird. And like, it, you know what I think if it was made like in, in, you know, in Europe somewhere, you'd think like, okay, maybe like it was like he, you know, an excuse to make a movie at home or to, with friends or whatever. But you're like, no, it's like just L.A. casting type thing. I don't understand. Dude, the director of this movie, his last project can did. Did either of you look at his IMDb? I did. I hope I not. Remember. I can't even remember. <laughs> Take a guess. Take a guess what type of movie the fantastic director of this fucking movie would be making. Um, Old Steven Seagal. What? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. In <laughs> which that's right. And here's the thing. That's where this guy fucking deserves to be. Yeah. Because everything, everything about the what the plot of this movie should be and the talent involved this movie should be a great fucking movie, and this movie is hot fucking garbage. It's the the fucking script is just fucking terrible. 
terrible. Nobody, I mean, even even with the hyper stylization, people don't fucking talk like that. Like it's just weird. But yeah, but like that's that gets to what Brian was saying is these types of movies generally came out at a time when nobody expected dialogue to be realistic. The dialogue in Pulp Fiction isn't realistic. The dialogue in Clerks isn't realistic, but we all like him, right? Well, but there, there was a time when but there's, when a, but there's a pattern to it. There's a, there's still there's still a justification to the way people speak in Pulp Fiction. This movie is not that. Like it's not that. It's a worse version of it. One hundred percent. It's a worse version of all it's, those it's, things. It's, it's I, a rip. It's a rip off of those other things. I'm I'm not denying that. Yeah, the whole it's, movie. I'm trying to figure out what this movie's supposed to be because if it's supposed to be like an action packed shoot 'em up, then it fails because it's not. And if it's supposed to be a parody of an action packed shoot 'em up, it fails because it's not funny. If it's supposed to be a twisty, turny you know, nonlinear story type thing like the Salton Sea. It's not. It fails that too. Like it fails at every possible conceivable thing. And once again, while having an amazing cast that should be able to sell it. Yeah. So it is 100% this director just being a piece of shit. I'm I'm saying that this is a a garbage movie that is slightly saved by the cast because the cast is so good that they're actually making something out of this movie that really is nothing. Because, I mean, like, let's face it, like when Tony Cox starts yelling and screaming and doing his thing that he knows how to do, it's funny. It just is. Okay, (laughs) so it's you get a few scenes of laughter out of that. I personally, the Chris Kattan stuff I could have left aside again with the weird homophobia. That's our backup theme for the week, apparently. But it's like, I don't I did. I was just just excited to see Chris Kattan. Are you? Well, because it's so rare. It's so rare for him to pop up in something and you'd be like, hey, there he is. But at the same time, Dane Cook popped up and I was like, God damn it. Dane Cook was better in this than I expected him to be. He's I think he's better as an actor than he is as a comedian. That's my take on Dane Cook, because he's mildly funny in movies where somebody else writes his dialogue for him. And I don't know that I find him very funny in movies where he's. Like, well, I just think the trick is putting him in a shitty movie. Because if you put Dane Cook in a shitty movie, you can go, ooh, he's outperforming the well, shitty no, movie. No one's going to put him in a good movie. That's not an issue. <laughs> it's like, no problem. I would I would argue, you can work what, what was the one? one? He, was, he was in one good movie. Uh, the, the Mr. Brooks, was that the name of it? Oh, I never uh, saw that. I wanted to see it at the time, and no. I never got around to it. Someone put it on the list. <laughs> it's good. But once again, I don't think he's uh, responsible for that movie being good. It's got fucking Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like I like waiting and he's in that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, he's not responsible for waiting being no. good. That's on Ryan Reynolds. No, definitely. Yeah. He's he's a backup character in waiting. And I think I think he could have a, a nice career as the, the background guy in a comedy film. Let me let me run down what Gary Oldman was doing before this movie. <laughs> this is the part that's blowing everyone's mind. <laughs> right? Like no one's shocked that Christian Slater's in this, but we're all shocked yeah. that Gary Oldman is. This was this was a downturn in Slater's uh, career. So he was in Kung Fu Panda Two, uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, giant Real. movie. Uh, Two giant uh, Tinker, movies. T- Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, giant movie. Uh, that movie Lawless with Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Don't recall it, but it sounds big. 
And it was like it, about it prohibition was, or something. Yeah, it was not great. It was supposed to be a big deal, and it okay. kind of flopped. But but it, it got a pretty big promotional push, at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. I think a few people heard of that one. Possibly. Then Guns, Girls, and Gambling. <laughs> and then the next year, he, he was in a David Bowie music video. Yeah, well. I'll t- See that that makes sense to me. Like <laughs> after watching this movie, I went on an epic uh, fucking quest to find out information about this movie because I figured there has to be some kind of trivia about it. Nope. And I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find this movie's budget. Nothing. Like, like it seems like the, no it seems like the kind of movie where there would have to be a story where like this director was supposed to be the next up and coming thing. And then it didn't quite work out or whatever. But, you know, all these people believed in him or or he had like he some previous job where he'd worked with a bunch of these people. And like there he's like, maybe he's a nice guy who just doesn't know how to make movies. But, you know, when he was a PA, he worked on all these different films and people are willing to do him a favor. You'd think there'd be something like that out there. No, we should mention Powers Booth is also in this movie. Yeah. Again. <laughs> what the fuck? Powers Booth dressed up as Boss Hog, and yet it's still not a great movie. <laughs> yeah, but at the, at, the, at the same time, I'll give you, I'll give one thing on Powers Booth. Powers Booth is the type of dude that occasionally just pops up in random ass weird oh, indie sure. stuff, and you're like, no, no, oh, yeah. there he is. He he sure, belongs but, in a movie like this. In the role he has, it's exactly the problem is if everybody else was a no name actor and Powers Booth was like the big name, you'd be like, Yeah, you got him in for a few scenes. You dressed him up as Boss Hog, he just comes in and doesn't have a lot to do. Right? It'd be perfect. The problem is it's still trying to explain how the hell all these other people are in this. Because it's twenty twelve. All of these people were famous by then. And uh who is it? Paulina Gretzky? Didn't we talk about her before? Yeah, she's in it. So, so Wayne Gretzky's daughter, what she plays the cop that finds the Cadillac. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently she's like tried to be an actress because I checked if she played like she was in like grown ups or something as well. So it's like she's apparently did tried to be an actress at that point. I think she just yeah. went back to be bitch. That's how that works. <laughs> well, that didn't work out. I'll just Live off my dad's money, I guess. He's just probably working as a server at his <laughs> slash winery. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I I say the movie's fine? Question mark. Yeah, I'm I'm because almost it's, it's with not you. Good. It's not good. It's not terrible. But it's just it is. It it yeah. I I think I'm with you, and I'm like. Because normally I don't even like this type of movie, right? Like it's not a style that I go for. So the fact that I don't hate it, I think says wonders about the casting agent that got all these fucking people in the movie. Because <laughs> I think that's like, I think if it was other people delivering the same dialogue, I'd have been like fucking screaming at my TV. But because it's, again, it's Christian Slater. It's fucking, when Christian Slater's explaining to you about how, the whole Cowboys versus Indian narrative is broken because it's like it implies that the Indians were all one, but really they were separate tribes. And when white people showed up, they first just treated them like a, another tribe and they traded with them and fought with them like any any other tribe. And I'm like, I would have been so frustrated listening to that. But it's Christian Slater. And I just I just like him. So I just it's like, yeah, tell me about the Indians, Christian. The quality of this movie is such that if 
Asylum Pictures uh, formed a fake company in order to trick Gary Oldman and Christian Slater into <laughs> thinking they were making the sequel to Smoking Aces. This is the movie that would come out of that. I don't. I like, I think you're being harder on both of the movies this week than either of us are, Noah. And it's which is kind of unusual because you're the one that usually defends movies that aren't good. But I think we're both uh, just saying like I yeah. like movies where someone attempts to make a good movie and makes a bad movie, or someone who understands how to make a bad movie that is a good movie. If that makes. <laughs> Those two things are fine. This is not that. This is somebody who thinks that they're clever and intentionally making a funny bad movie. And that sucks. That's the worst. I don't think they're intentionally making a bad movie. I think they think they're making a good movie. I'm not not saying I don't believe that. I can't I can't believe the director would allow that fucking ad actress to just randomly quote post stories and think that he's making a good movie. No, he does. He thinks he's he thinks he's created a clever character who's like the same way that, again, like Jules and Pulp Fiction has his Bible quote that he likes to say. He thinks he's doing that. He thinks he's got a character that has this cool trademark of quoting Edgar Allan Poe. Guys, guys, I got this hot assassin. She's like in this skin tight black, like leather sort of costume. And she quotes like Edgar Allan Poe every time she's about to kill someone. It's awesome. I'll give her one thing. She is smoking hot. She is, she is a smoking hot woman. Yeah. No, nobody's arguing that point. That being said, you could just watch that shitty species sequel that she's in, and then she's naked through half of it, so that's even better. Have we got to put the species movies on the list? No. <laughs> they're not. They're not good. They weren't good then. They're not good now. <laughs> Welcome to Species Month. Yeah, I don't see how we have any choice after that reaction. <laughs> Come on, Michael Madsen's in the first one. The first, the first one is like pass a man. Those sequels are uh, rough. Well, I only ever saw the second one. Didn't didn't venture past that. And I guess you could chuck Splice in because it's basically just a shitty. Yeah. Species knockoff. Did not like that movie either. I liked that one. I haven't seen it in a long time. But. Also called Adrian Brody fucks an alien. Yeah, but it's kind of his daughter, so that's okay. Yeah, that makes it even worse. That's one yeah, of the species, reasons I hated it. Species came out. There was a little boom in uh, body snatcher style. They look like us horror movies. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember that, that like mimic and shit all came out around that point. Yeah. That sort of mid nineties where it was just every time somebody had an idea, everybody made the same movie <laughs> and then they just moved on to the next idea and everybody made the same movie again. That's because oh. somewhere like scream came out and kind of, uh, fucked movies up. And then everyone forgot how to make a horror movie for a decade. Uh, Listen, I know I know people like Scream and I don't think Scream all on its own is all that bad. I I dislike what Scream did to horror movies. Scream destroyed horror movies for 20 years. Uh, Just made everyone want them to be clever. That's all. I like things to be clever because I don't need shit to be fucking clever. 
I want teens misbehaving and getting murdered in the woods. God damn it. I'm an old man. Let me have my old man things. <laughs> I think we're about due for another Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. Seems like it's about time. Looks Okay, IMDb said there is one in development. But <laughs> of course there is. Any info. I think there's one constantly in development. You know what's, you you know what's it, funny? It hits I, the right... It's the right time. They just hit the button and it goes into production. I would have put I would have put money that it was going to be an HBO series because uh, it's got to it's got to uh, be updated be into the modern thing. You know, I can see it being I can see it being a series. There's there's room for that. Apparently, not to not to get us too far off topic right off the back, but with the new drop of the uh, Hellraiser trailer for the Hulu Hellraiser. Yeah. yeah, I was sitting there watching it and I was like, oh, yeah, this looks pretty good. And then I was like, wait. I thought the whole pitch was for an HBO Hellraiser series. And then I went back and looked and it still says that that's in production, that they were working, they were working on two separate reboots of Hellraiser at the same time. That's yeah. really strange. That doesn't even surprise me in the least. The good thing is the least, uh, Clyde Barker's involved. So. Yeah. Honestly, that, that Hellraiser trailer looks pretty good. And I've been, I've actually been pretty excited to uh, see a reboot of Hellraiser for a long time now. It's not a popular opinion, but I think it needed a reboot. Have they have they officially said what it is? Is it in fact a reboot, or is it going to be some kind of a weird sequel? I assume the reboot. Uh, Barker has said forever that he wanted to remake it. Um. And then this came out, so I'm assuming that's part of his plan. Is it's going to be somewhat of a reboot remake? May not follow yeah. the uh, may not follow the story exactly. I'm thinking, but it I think yeah, it's just a, re- a complete reset for the Hellraiser franchise. Yeah, I was going to say it'd be w- really weird to redo the first movie because I mean, as far as adaptations go, he did such a direct adaptation of the. The short story that I don't know. I just don't know if you can improve it. I mean, other than changing, like, there's only two details they changed. And that's Frank being inside the floor instead of being inside the wall. And uh, the engineer being radically different. Those are the only two changes I can even think of off the top of my head. Besides that, it's almost identical to the story. We're going to get a weird shift where suddenly Hulu is the place to go to be making, like, direct to streaming like man hulu and fucking uh apple tv are fucking killing it right now get apple tv up there doug there's like a an apple thing i can get i don't know i don't get it but just curious i don't know exactly like if you sign up for it i know like when i search for movies it always says that's a place i could go to rent them and stuff I assume there's a subscription service I can sign up for. It's almost worth it's almost worth getting it for a month just to watch Ted Lasso. Uh, I would it, say Severance, but sure. Ted Lasso's real good. You should if you haven't no, you should watch Severance. It's pretty. Well, good. now I don't have access to it anymore. But we're we're like way off topic here, guys. Should we? Yeah, should that's we true. Somebody yell so, at Christian so, Slater's so, name right now. Yeah, I just don't know. I, triple, I, I just don't know what else to say about G. this movie. This movie is not bad enough to tell you not to watch it, but it's not good enough to tell you to watch it. It's a mediocre ass. Uh, it's got fake ass CGI blood spray, which k- kind of pisses me off every time I see it in a movie. 
I'd rather it not. I would rather it not be there than them just CGI in that random blood spray. I don't. It just looks bad on film. Yeah, it was a bad trend that seems to have, for the most part, gone away because people realized it was bad. But it was uh, this movie's of its time and at that time, and they were like, "Oh, look, we can have more blood by CGIing it in." Good idea. Uh, the ending has about 40 reveals, which gets a little fucking exhausting. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's, I was going to say, yeah. Christian Slater explaining what happened at the end. It was just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, I mean, the movie opens with 20 minutes of narration and finishes with 20 minutes of narration. And between that, it's Christian Slater getting punched in a random blood chick shooting guys dressed like Elvis. I just what? saved you the entire movie. You don't need to watch <laughs> the movie now. But it does that clever thing where he's like, maybe I should tell you how I got here and flash forwards, flashes back to the day before. Uh, I think they've made fun of that on Rick and Morty a couple of times. Yeah, I, think they have. I mean, this movie, is there a movie that this movie doesn't fucking rip off? Probably like good ones. Doesn't really rip off good ones. I don't know. It's pass. It wasn't great. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm I'm not, do not hate. I wouldn't have ever watched this if we, we if I wasn't forced to against my will. By but you, but spirited you, brain. you didn't even know it existed, and you're like, you're like uh, fucking Gary Oldman and the little yeah. guy and Christian Slater and Dane Cook and Chris Kattan all in one movie. My dreams have come true. I don't know why you just throw Chris Kattan's name in the list like that. <laughs> but anyways. You're so mean. I fucking love Chris Kattan. Uh, anyways. He's apparently a very horrible human being. Oh, I we, don't, we don't need to get into that whole debate. The point is, like, <laughs> yes, yeah, seeing the cast list would have gotten me interested. If it weren't if it weren't that I was being forced to watch it, I would have watched a trailer, and then I wouldn't have watched the movie if I'd seen a trailer. So... Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the number one reason to do Slater September next year is that he's also in 3,000 Miles to Graceland with Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner. So, See, I don't even think I'd like that one. Well, it's too bad. It's going to be on the list. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, what did everybody watch since last week? Things! Wait, wait, do we have feedback before we get into that? Do we? I don't know. Just would. we keep forgetting our feedback every time we have some, so and I didn't uh, check. So <laughs> I don't. I do not believe we do. Okay. Oh, shit. Now, now I've got to check because I'm gonna feel bad if I don't check. Way to go, Doug. Thanks a lot, yeah. Doug. Look, if Noah feels bad, my work here is done. How dare you? I'll see you guys next week. Feel things. <laughs> well, we we do have one, I guess. Oh, we do. See, I mean, uh, Stefan, the founder of Gramlo, wants our to help yeah. us grow our Instagram. Stefan, oh, yeah, he said, I'm Stefan, founder of Graham Glow. <laughs> and look at your Instagram, the Midnight Drive In, in case anybody doesn't know, we are on Instagram that Doug runs uh, nice. recently. And I figured I'd send you a message for an Instagram growth agency out of Frankfurt, Germany. So, I mean, they got to be on the up and up. 
<laughs> How do you not trust him? Yep. I mean, historically, when have the Germans <laughs> ever done anything that we should be worried about? <laughs> uh, so, no, we don't have feedback. What did you watch, Here. Noah? Uh, so I did watch a whole bunch of TV series in their entirety because while I was in Florida due to the time shift, I was waking up at four o'clock in the morning every day and no one else was getting out of bed until 10. So I had about six hours of prime binge time. Uh, so I watched all of the series, the bear, uh, which is about a. Uh, world famous chef whose brother was running the family diner in Chicago. The brother kills himself and this world famous chef guy comes back to run the diner and try to turn it around and turn it into a good place of business. It's interesting. Like the acting's really good. And a lot of the kitchen stuff that they talk about is actually pretty accurate. Where he's he's throwing fits about certain things, about how long it takes to prep certain items and changing menus. And I, I think if you work in the restaurant industry, you'd probably be way more interested in it than most people. But it's fun. It's uh, It stars the guy who plays Lip in Shameless. I don't know his name either. I've seen him in the posters, though. No. He's a really good actor. He's, he's coming up. He's coming in hot, I think. He's going to be a, a fucking rock star. Amanda was a big fan of Shameless. She watched all the way through it. So when I showed her the trailer for this, like when it was getting ready to come out, she was interested in watching it. We just never got around to it. Yeah, it's real good. And it's only, it's like eight episodes. It's just a real quick single season. And it's it's totally worth watching. Uh, watch that. I got caught up of, on Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Yeah, the start of the year. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was out. It's uh it's pretty good. I don't I don't really have any complaints. I know people are upset because there's black people in it. And they probably should just calm down a little bit. <laughs> probably. Just probably. Like, maybe maybe yeah. just maybe just chill out. Nobody it doesn't fucking affect you in any way and who gives who gives any kind of a fuck that there's a black hobbit? Listen, listen, in a world where there's a black mermaid, if there's a black mermaid, we don't have time to worry about the hobbits, okay? <laughs> I do, I do like the fact that people throw in a fit about it. Somebody actually went back, and I guess in the original, The Little Mermaid, one of the other mermaids is black. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and they're yeah. like, there was a Wait. black mermaid in the original. In <laughs> See, the Disney... I thought that, but I wasn't going to go back and look. Yeah, I was like, I ain't got time to, to find out. Which is just, I don't know, that's kind of fucking funny. But it's people real good. It's, uh, some of it. I'm not sure how I feel about it. And then some of it's real cool. Cause it's a lot of deep ass fucking cut stuff. Like, unless you've read like the legendaria and the Cimmerillion, you just have no fucking idea who some of the characters are. I think Noah's just making up words now. Seems that way. Listen, I like Tolkien. He was a classist asshole who uh, had really fucked up views of the world, but, he wrote some real good fantasy stuff. I've never read any of it. So people need to chill out. I don't I didn't actually like his writing style. I never read the Lord of the Rings trilogy back in the day and I was like, yeah, I didn't I don't even think I finished it. I think I only read the first like he's, two books and then Well, he's a little uh snooty the way he yeah. writes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Maybe not as he's not as bad as like Lovecraft. Lovecraft writes like an asshole because he was an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's not just a general racist like uh, Lovecraft was. 
No, see, th- there's a difference. Tolkien didn't like poor, uneducated people. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and Lovecraft didn't like people who weren't white. <laughs> so I, what what I take from this is that Tolkien supported programs to help the poor lift themselves up and become educated. Right? No, 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 no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you paid attention, time. but basically the entire moral of the Lord of the Rings is that you should shut the fuck up and do what your betters tell you. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's literally like that's the message of the book. Shut, shut the fuck up. Do what the smart people say. The end. But, but it's fun to misinterpret it as yeah. the little guys are the ones that really were able to accomplish something, even though nobody believed in them. No. Yeah. yeah it seems fun. like that. It seems like that should be the message, but really it's not. It's more your fun. job, your job is to be cannon fodder and die so that the, uh, the smart people can get their objectives done. So moving on from that, because that's sad. <laughs> uh, I watched all the current seasons that are out of Ted Lasso, and I wasn't I wasn't sure going in if I would actually be interested in the show. But everybody keeps sucking its dick and saying how great the fucking writing is on it. Man, it's it's pretty good. It's about a, an American grade school football coach. Uh, who becomes YouTube famous for his inspiring behind the scenes stuff, him dancing with his players and things like that. And a premier league, uh, European football team hires him to coach their team. Cause they and don't know that football's different in the U S no, because the owner of the team is a woman who the previous owner is her ex-husband and she won the team in a divorce. And she said, Uh, it's the only thing he's ever loved in his entire life. And her entire plan is to run it into the ground. uh, Major league style. Yeah. It's yeah. It's major big tones of major league. But of course the, the thing turns out to be is that, uh, Ted Lasso, the main character is just a beautiful, delightful, positive, radiant human being who actually wants to do the job well and does kind of do the job well. Oh, good for him. Yeah. It's just, it's just real. It's kind of hard to explain. The show's got a lot of interpersonal drama stuff and it's relatively funny and emotional. Uh, it's made by, uh, my brain is not working. The guy who made scrubs and spin city and, God damn it. I know his name. I wish I knew it so that I could be intentionally not helping you right now, but I just don't know. So instead I'm just not being helpful. I'll scream it. I'll scream it out in five minutes when someone else is talking. Uh, yeah. So, so do your parents have Apple TV? Yes. You should, uh, you should get that password and watch that severance. I should, I should, I I should get that password. I feel like you would enjoy it. What's that? I'm trying to think of that. I know there was something else I watched, but I can't remember what it is. I don't know. That's enough of me talking about TV shows. All right. What'd you watch, Doug? A uh, couple things. Uh, I found out there was a Wes Craven movie I'd never seen. Mm. It's called Summer of Fear. It's from yeah. 1978. I own that stars. some bitch on Blu-ray. Yeah. 
little Linda Blair action in a made-for-TV movie about her yep. cousin is uh, moves in with her, and her cousin's a witch, also known as a, a stranger in our house, if anyone has uh, seen it under the other title. It is uh, based on a Lois Duncan book. It was the same author that wrote uh, I, know, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Well, look at that. So yeah, the whole there is uh, so much about that movie that you just said that gets me so excited to see it, <laughs> and I have to keep going. Made for TV, made for TV, made for TV, made for yeah. TV. Not, not just made for TV, on. but made for TV seventies. Yeah, made for TV in nineteen seventy. Although it, we've reviewed some good made for TV stuff from the seventies and the eighties. Um. Anyways, yeah. So it's basically there's like the movie opens with a car accident. And then the daughter of people that die have, has to go live with her cousin and her family. And then things start to seem strange. And I wonder if she's a witch. And of course she is, or else why would they have made this movie, right? So, um, it's all right. Like, it's once I realized it was made for TV, I like let my standards down to that level of being like, okay, just so I know what I'm doing here. And it's like, yeah, the atmosphere works fine the performances are pretty okay um it's a little incesty for my personal taste i'm like is this even made in italy i don't think so so what are you guys doing here like and it's like i found that a little weird but you know um so be it you kind of get what you sign up for when you watch a made for tv like thriller about a witch going to live with her family so I think you guys kind of know what to expect. Um, and that's what you get. So big twist ending when they, at the end where they find out her identity and her secret witchcraft and all that stuff. And you're like, okay, I kind of knew that was coming. I guess, <laughs> you know, but it, that's not really the movie's fault. Like it's not, it's fault that I've seen so many other movies just like it. You know what I mean? So it was okay. I'm glad I watched it. I'll probably never watch it again. Um, uh, he, he does have another one from 1984 in the same year that Nightmare on Elm Street came out. Which one's that? Invitation to Hell. I wonder if I've uh, seen that. A family moves to a suburban town only to be coerced into joining a suspicious club. This one stars uh, soap opera legend Susan Lucci, uh, Punky Brewster, and Kevin McCarthy to bring back that... Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers back around. Right. Watch it and let us know. We'll see. If it pops up in front of me, I probably will. Because that's what happened here. This movie popped up and like the poster says Wes Craven's Summer of Fear. I'm like, oh, a Wes Craven movie I haven't seen. I better watch it. We also made a TV movie called Chill. I think I've seen that one. What's it about? Uh, corporate exec Miles Creighton dies and is cryogenically frozen in the hopes he can be revived 10 years later the procedure is success and miles returns without his soul okay i haven't seen that i'm yeah i'm going i'm watching that one <laughs> i'm watching that one for sure there's no way i'm not seeing that so um paul servino's in it apparently I, like i'm legit looking for a pen right now to write down the word chiller <laughs> and jill sholin who was in like the stepfather it's Paul Servino, the guy that comes back with no soul. Well, Paul Servino is like halfway through the through the cast list. I don't oh, I don't right. recognize anybody above that. Okay, Michael Beck plays Miles Creighton. Well, I don't know. I just googled it right here, and 
it sure looks like Paul Scribino's the star because he's right there on the cover of the DVD box. So <laughs> it even oh. says starring Paul Servino. Michael Michael Creighton or Michael Beck was in uh, the Warriors, so I guess he he did have something. There you go. I'm looking at the box art, and it's all like of him frozen. <laughs> I'm watching this. I might I might be able to talk to you about Chiller next week if I can find it. Right. That sounds great. It's going to be sadly disappointing. I think I have it on DVD somewhere. I think someone bought it for me. I watched it. I love when uh, directors get famous and they just release their shitty made-for-TV movies on DVD <laughs> as if like right. as if there's any justification for it whatsoever. Um, you probably what want else to know what else watch? I watched. I went to the theaters to see the Pearl, which is the prequel to X. Uh-huh. Ty West film that came out like seemingly not very long ago and there probably shouldn't be a prequel to it yet. I was kind of surprised that this is out yet. <laughs> he shot them both at the same time. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. That's that super big, interesting. That was the big announcement. I think was it X played Sundance maybe? I don't know. I played some big festival. His Q&A was like oh and surprise we're going to show you a trailer for the prequel and everybody's like what? That's fun. I like that. Yes. I didn't like, I didn't like X. Well, here's what's super interesting. If you're saying that these two films were filmed at the same time, they look completely different because this is a prequel to X in the sense that it takes place when the very, very old people in X are young. Yeah. So like the lead character is the the woman from X, but she's like, whatever she's supposed to be or early twenties in this. And the movie's set in like 1918. Yeah. Um, and it's, shot in a way to make it feel like an old old timey movie um it's kind of like that weird like you know like when you see old movies that have been like colorized like it's like those off bright colors that are a little bit too bright and it's not quite right and all that and i was really impressed with the way it was made because they go for that aesthetic and they stick to it hardcore throughout the movie like normally when they try something like that, it ends up fading later on in the movie, and it really didn't. They really stuck to it. The lead actress, whose name I don't know. Yeah, Goth? Yeah, sure. I already said I don't know, so I don't know why you're asking it like a question back to me, as if that's going to help. But um, she's fantastic. She plays this chick who's like, like, the whole idea is she's stuck on the farm, with helping her parents while her husband is off in world war two and the pandemic is ongoing. Right. So she, her mom is like fear mongering, not letting her go anywhere. Cause the dad's already been sick with the, whatever it was, Spanish flu. Um, you said world war two. You mean world war one? I? I meant world war one. Yes. Thank you. Um, if we had listeners, they would have emailed and corrected me, but luckily they didn't. <laughs> so her performance where she plays this, just this right level of like childish, but clearly crazy and homicidal. <laughs> like it's, she nails it and it's perfect. And there's a number of moments like where she just gets to step up. There's one, like, you know, she's not going to die in the movie because she's in the next one. Right. But there's one moment towards the end where she gives a monologue and she just speaks for like several minutes. Um, and it is, it's fascinating to listen to. She's just explaining all the, she's explaining horrible shit that she's done, but she's explaining it straight into camera. And it's 
and then we cut to her friend who's there who is then we get the reaction of this friend to this monologue and it's a great moment it really really works well um, and then the end of the movie as the credits roll they just put the camera on this girl's face and she gives this like insane like joker-esque smile into the camera and just holds it for like as the credits roll the whole time and i'm like i was sitting there waiting for it because i'm like is something gonna happen i guess something's gonna happen right like they wouldn't still be holding on her and making this poor actress hold that expression on her face this whole time and it's it's not a still shot like it's clearly her like still trying to smile into the camera and it's it's fantastic um so she's really great in it um I have two complaints about the movie. One is my own problem, which one of the side um, things is that she wants to become a dancer. And then there's a scene where she goes and like tries out for this dance troupe and doesn't get it. And that's how she ends up back on the farm. And that's a problem for me because when they show people dancing in movies, I don't know the difference between good dancing and bad dancing. So the whole scene, I have to wait for the end of it and then wait to see how the other characters react to find out whether she's good at this or not. And that makes it very frustrating. And my other complaint is that um, there's really just not enough killing in it for me. <laughs> so like with X, which I, I know you didn't like as much as I did, but when this, when they throw the switch and the shit starts, it fucking starts and it is hardcore. Right. And this movie never really does that. It does go into some very dark places at the end. There is some gore, it just doesn't go as over the top. And I think mostly because of X, I was expecting, you know, watching this play out this whole thing where she's like living on this farm and fighting with her parents and all this. And I'm waiting for that moment where all of a sudden we get 20 deaths in the last half hour or whatever. And we don't quite go there, but it does go to some dark and cool places. Um, and I, I did enjoy when it did that. I just expected a little more. And that's, again, that's probably on me just because I'm, I'm going in with my expectations. Um, having not even, again, I didn't even watch a trailer. I was just bored, Googled what movies are playing and went to the one that seemed interesting to me. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a recommend. Just know what you're getting into. It's going to be a slow burn. It's about the performance. It's about the character. It's not about, you know, as much about just the over-the-top killing and, guts but it'll still get dark but Apparently uh, must make another another set when is it is it going to be set in between i have no idea i guess so i don't see why not like you could easily there's plenty of time in between to have another story take place so yeah from what i've heard somewhere when he was talking i think with a20 about you know, doing x like he had to get them to agree to sign off on both movies before he you could even start yeah. the first one. That makes sense to me because this one would have been hard to sell to a studio, like even even a lower budget studio like that. The idea of we're going to make this whole movie in this like old timey format with these over bright colors, and it's going to be this naive farm girl, and we're going to she's going to be clearly insane, but still sort of sympathetic because we feel bad for her. And Oh, by the way, we're going to send it in the pandemic, so we're going to have characters complaining about masks and shit, even though our movie takes place in 1918. <laughs> we can't set it two years later, so they don't have to deal with that. No, we have to do it then. It was weird having a movie that takes place in like a pandemic, and people are like wearing masks and social distancing and stuff, and every time it gets mentioned in dialogue or whatever, 
I immediately was like trying to think of the political angle of it. And I think the whole point of it was that there wasn't a political angle of it. Like that most of the people were just doing what you're supposed to do. And even the people who didn't like doing it were complaining, but you know, <laughs> like there, it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, half the people absolutely refuse to do anything. And the other half of the people are like shunning them for refusing to do it. It was just, everybody's just kind of doing their best to get by. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's that's an interesting, different take on a pandemic than what we actually experienced. Crazy. How come none of these things? Like, it's, uh, yeah. So, I, I, like I say, I recommend it. I, I, more of like almost like a '70s style horror, where it's that slow build, spend a lot of time getting to know these characters, weird shit happening to make you feel kind of off kilter, but not actually much going on. And then some pretty crazy shit at the end, but not as much as I was hoping for. Um, so that was all the movies I watched. I did watch the new season of Cobra Kai. I don't know if we're yeah. prepared to talk about that yet or not. I, Has anybody I have, else seen it? I have not watched it yet. Okay. So I'll hold off pretty much all comments until... Okay. Um, yeah. And I'll, just, I'll hold, we'll, we'll discuss it when everybody's seen it, I guess. And then I, I'm up to date on She-Hulk as well. I don't know if everyone else is up to date on that. Yeah, I'm trying to even remember what happened last time. She-Hulk. Yeah. You know what I'm... Here's my, my question without getting into the specifics of what happens in each episode. Because I do like each episode as I watch it. But I'm like, what's this show about? Like, most of these shows, but the whole point of doing like these shortened seasons is there's like a story that takes place over the whole thing. And there doesn't seem to be one with this. She got sued over the use of She-Hulk. That's right. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Like the, the whole thing was pretty fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, but I just don't. Again, I, 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 it's almost like watching a sitcom where you're like, you don't, I don't know how this connects to last week's show or next week's show. (laughs) Which I feel like is done on purpose. I think it's just like, oh yeah, yeah. Hey, we're just we're just gonna fuck around on this show. And yeah, I mean, honestly, it's 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 a comedy show set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and it's it's pulling it off. Like I enjoy it. They, you know, a couple little Easter eggs here and there to remind us they brought Wong in for an episode or two. You know, because they I have feel to. like this last episode just didn't have enough uh, Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm worried they're going to end up bringing her back in and overusing her because she was fun for what she did, but that was that was enough, I think. Yeah, we just need a Madison and Wonger spinoff. We don't. Got to be careful what you wish for on that stuff, man. <laughs> uh, but next week we are getting Daredevil finally. So I'm super excited. Is Daredevil actually showing up? Did we know that? Yeah. I saw like the, the Oh yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much been confirmed since the beginning. I, I didn't know he was showing up in the show or if there was like I knew or if that was just another Easter egg when they showed his helmet uh, or whatever. No, he's he was in some of the trailers. So. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Um me and my lack of watching trailers. Yep. Cause they, they they showed someone flipping around and it was very obviously Daredevil, and then they put out sort of like a mid season trailer. You know, sort of. Here's what's coming up for the rest of the season, and it's straight up him and her, like 
as lawyers sitting at a bar drinking, talking. <laughs> and then uh, we. I guess you have to, eh? If they're you yeah. have two superheroes who are both lawyers. <laughs> you can... yeah. And then uh, we do we get to see him in his. It's going to be yellow his yellow suit. costume. So. I'm not a fan of the yellow costume. They haven't gotten the Daredevil costume right yet. I actually. I've liked most of the iterations of it. I didn't like the last one. I don't like the armored Daredevil costume. My favorite version is still the like black one he was wearing at the beginning of season one of the next flick show, which hopefully eventually they will explain to us whether that took place in this universe or a different one. Yeah, well, they're saying they're saying his new show, which is Daredevil Reborn, I think. Born yeah. again. Born again. Um is not going to be a continuation of the Netflix show. I think they're not saying it's not. It's not in continuity. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think they've. Yeah. I don't think it's clear yet. And hopefully, it will be clear by then. Yeah. I'm. I'm assuming. And again, this mostly is just based on the differences in Kingpin from the two iterations. That I think it's going to be a multiverse thing where these characters look just like they did in the other multiverse. But my my guess would be they're going to act like season one of daredevil happened and that the rest of it didn't. I just, I don't think they'll try that. They may just not explain anything and then they'll decide as they go along. Yes. Yeah. If, if stuff that happened on the Netflix show counts or not. Well, that's the, that's the beauty of it is you can do, you can say like certain, <coughs> yes, there's a past. And if something's convenient, we can pretend that it did happen. Right. Uh, we'll see. No point in guessing anyway. We're we're guessing at this point. No, uh, no post credit scene for this episode though. No, it's fun. I sat up waiting for it. <laughs> like, I was out of town with my kids, so it was like after I put him to bed, I like stole his tablet away from him, and I was watching She Hulk sitting at like the little desk in the hotel room, and then I'm like sitting there staring at the screen, waiting for the post credits. I'm like, well, I just stared at this little tiny screen for a I long th- time. I think they thought the helmet at the end was enough. <laughs> yeah, and it probably was. Like probably maybe they could have put that as a post credit scene. Maybe it I mean, they, was. And then after the twerking thing, they're like, no more post credit scenes. <laughs> I mean, they could have, I mean, they showed it in illustration form, but they could have showed that dude with his shoe collection. That would have been pretty dope. Yes. The twerking thing still fucking me up. I don't get it. I don't, it's 10 seconds. No, I, again, you have to remember, nobody cares. Four people on the fucking planet care. And then the internet takes those four people and expresses their voices for them as if they matter when they see, I would like to say that that is the truth, but like I was up at the game store and I heard four people having a conversation and they're all dudes who are slightly right wing dudes and they were all bitching up a storm about it. And I had to have a whole fucking conversation. I was like, but that's the way those comics are. And one of them even said, well, I don't read She-Hulk comics, and I was like, "Then shut the fuck up, because you don't you do like you don't have any reference to know what the fuck you're talking about." And they were like, "Get out of our store, commie!" No, and then like five minutes later, they were making some other argument, and they came back to, "Well, that's not the way they treat her in the comic books." And I was like, "You just admitted to the fact that you have never opened a fucking She-Hulk comic. Shut the fuck up." Listen, if you left the house and engaged in a conversation with other human beings, that's on you, man. I'm, I don't know why you would do that. I just wanted to play some Gaslands, man. Like, this is why I hang out at sports bars. Everybody stares at the TV. 
<laughs> and everyone just watches the game. And maybe if you have to talk to somebody, it's about like, did you see that? So that sounds even more unpleasant. I think I'd rather argue with a nerd in a game store. He's not a real nerd, though. He doesn't read She-Hulk comics. He has no cred. Fuck that guy. No, I don't believe. See, I don't believe in that shit. There's lots of there's lots of nerddoms. Everybody gets to be a nerd in their own nerd way. Just don't bitch about a nerd thing if it's not a nerd thing that you have no fucking knowledge of. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, yeah. that, got out of, that got out of hand. Uh, well, the only thing I watched was Clerks 3. You're going to keep it very spoiler-free since it's not available in Canada yet? Uh, I have to because it is a movie that actually can be spoiled, which I was shocked to learn So I watched it. And I've been uh, so trying so hard to avoid anything about it because I think it comes out like in a few days here. I don't know why it's different. Just I, I almost drove. They were to, making Clerks Three. I almost drove to your guys' country to watch it because eh? I got I got that day off work because of the Dead Queen. And I'm like I could drive to the states and watch a movie and make it back in a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I mean it's fine. It's always fun to go back to the Quick Stop, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of see where everybody's at. Uh, there's, I don't know, like critics are loving it. It's fine. Sure. I guess like I, that's, I, that's just because they're sick of criticizing Kevin Smith movies and getting yelled at by nerds on the internet. So they're just I like, this so. time we'll say we like it. Maybe. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, I do have some problems with some of the story bits, not lining up with the theme that he seems to be going with in the movie um after the movie is over they had like a little like video package of 15 minute like you know sort of behind the scenes thing and yeah interviews with smith and he's like oh yeah this movie is about that you're never too old to change your life and i'm like okay but the movie i just watched i would say that the main plot points don't don't reinforce what you just said yeah that's fine so yeah, there's some things that I'm like, okay, that's it's a little on the nose, but I have I have that issue with Cobra Kai. When we get to it next week, we'll be able to talk about both. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, I feel I'm like, well, it's self indulgent, but it's a Kevin Smith movie. That's kind of kind of why you go. He is self indulgent by his nature. Yep. yep, he says he's the biggest Kevin Smith fan there is, so he at least is upfront about it. Yep, um, but it's fine. Like I said, it's always. It's always fun to go back, kind of check in with everybody and see what's going on. And Weirdly, I think, you know, like, so. I haven't seen this one yet, but, like, the last few times that, like, these guys have done stuff, I'm like, I I really liked Jane Silent Bob reboot, like, a lot. Um, I've seen it several times, and I think it has, like, an actual heart to it, and I think it's funny. And that, and then, like, when Jay Muse made his own movie, whatever that one was called. Um. Method and the Madness. Yeah, like it was really good. And it's I'm, like I, I, I picked it up on digital. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, you should you should watch it. You'll, I think you'll like it. There's a couple of like indulgences in it that where I'm like that's a little much, but a lot of it is like them kind of having fun with who they are. And I'm like I I don't understand how this movie that came out in 1994 like I'm still watching these characters now, but and enjoying it, but it, it's working lately. I don't know. Yeah, I've been on a weird kick of picking up movies that are by friends of Kevin Smith. Okay. I still haven't, I still haven't watched any. Like, uh, was it Malcolm Ingram's movie, Drawing Flies, is out on Blu-ray? 
Yeah. I, I picked it up and I'm like, oh yeah, well, I've always wanted to see this. I haven't watched it yet. I think I saw that once a long time ago and just don't remember it. Uh, I picked up the Jason Mewes directed one, still haven't watched it. And then I just picked up the uh, the movie that Jeff Anderson made. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Like, now you know or something like that. Uh, yeah, see, I think I saw that a long, long time ago too. No. Like in the no. like when it, whatever it was new. Like when is that? So it's still the nineties when that came out. Uh, Might have been ninety nine. Would have been yeah. either super late nineties or super early two thousand. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean that's all I'll say. I'll hold it off till uh, you get a chance to see it. Sounds like Noah's never going to see it. Probably not. Huh. That's fine. I, I, whenever anyone talks about Kevin Smith movies, I'm like, he makes his movies for a very specific audience. If you're not in that audience, certainly don't watch them. Like you're not going to enjoy them. Like, and it's pretty obvious who that audience is from the get go. And if you, that audience is big enough that he can afford to make movies for it. And he doesn't seem interested in making them for a wider audience. So there you go. Yeah. Especially when he did like his weird, like tusks and yoga hose or stuff. I'm like, I think he might just be making these for me and him, but okay. If you say so. Yeah. yeah I tell people that I, I like that, that run. And I kind of wish he would do more stuff like that. And people are like, really? Like Tusk? And I'm like, yeah, cause it's just weird. It just so I like it when up. he just decides to do weird stuff. That's not right. snoochie boochies. I mean, snoochie boochies is fine, but yeah. when he says, okay. I'm going to make a movie where I turn a guy into a walrus. I'm like, yes, I will watch it. I even like I even loved Yoga Hosers. Like I don't know how many times I've seen that movie a lot. And it's like I laugh so hard every time. And I'm like I, everyone else like seems to hate it. And I'm just like, I don't I I'm not really part of society, I guess. I don't understand how you people think. I just it's fine. It's not the first thing that I've disagreed with the rest of the world on. I don't care. But Yeah, I uh saw it for the first time a couple months ago because I was so worried that I was gonna hate it from everything yeah. I heard about it. I ended up uh, enjoying it. So again, it it is absolutely made for a very specific audience, and many of the jokes won't make any damn sense if you don't like listen to the podcasts of the character that's on the screen. But that's fine. Right? Like I went and saw reboot, and a friend of mine who grew up like Clerks was like you know everything to him. He watched all of the Kevin Smith movies. He said pretty religiously up through Jay and Silent Bob story back and then he kind yeah. of fell off and so he's like well, what'd you think of reboot i'm like i loved it i thought it was great it was just fun to go back and tell all that nonsense that yep. he does and then he saw it he's like dude that was fucking terrible i'm like well sorry yeah. like like i i really enjoyed it so no yep. I, yeah i i i i just feel like you know going into that whether you're gonna like it or not and it's like i'm going to so I don't like, you know what I mean? Like I, it, I, I wouldn't like, you know, I wouldn't try to convince someone to watch it. I wouldn't discourage anyone from watching it. You should know, you should oh. know yourself well enough to know. Oh, oh I do want to warn you, Doug. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jason Muse has had his teeth redone again. Okay. So, so the shape of his mouth is now different than it has been over the past couple of years. All right. Because I don't know if you noticed, there was a weird time where all of a sudden his he looked different. Was, that's yeah. because 
all of his drug use destroyed the upper palate of his mouth. Yeah. So he had to have that reconstructed and then his teeth redone and everything. So he just looked a little off than what we're used to. And I'm pretty sure he's had his teeth redone again uh, because I think he has had a drug problem again. I think he's just maybe had to have all that shit redone maybe. But yeah. it it is, you're, you've been used to seeing him even from reboot up to this one. He looks different. Yeah. And I was like, oh something off about him and i was looking at him like is his teeth different again so just uh just to put that aside for you so you can see it and just go oh, okay that's that's what that's what that is and then just not worry that's, about it that's reassuring thank you <laughs> i don't think it was gonna bug me but well because i had this thing for a long time i'm like why does he's like so different and i even had to google it because it was kind of weird me out and uh, yeah, I found out that his mouth essentially was destroyed from all of his horrible drug use and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, Doug, what are we doing next week? Next week? Next week? Well, Slater September is officially over. Officially over, yeah. So we are entering the, the holiday season. Big day's coming up. So for the entire month of October, we are going to talk about the two biggest monsters in cinema history. All month will be dedicated to Dracula. (laughs) I was going to say Dracula and the Frankenstein monster. If you want to call an audible and try to do a Roseanne bar month, I'm in. She devil and I was dead. I was joking. Anyways, it's Dracula Frankenstein month. We're going to kick okay. it off with the originals. So uh, next week we'll do Dracula and Frankenstein from 1931. Uh, we'll do the English version of Dracula, I guess, because I don't know how to pick between the two. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And then we'll go from there. Sweet. So Sounds good. It's going to be Universal Monster Month. No, it's just... Specifically Dracula Frankenstein or... Are you going different companies? Oh, we're yeah, we're bouncing around. It's to in oh, order to get nice. a, uh, different historical perspectives on the characters. So sweet. I also programmed an entire month of Universal horror pictures for later that, use. So does that mean we're finally getting to the Warhol movie? Yeah, it's week three. Woo. If we can, if we can find them, I know that was my issue. I never can find them. I'm pretty sure that we made fun of you because they were really easy to find when you said you couldn't find them. <laughs> I've only uh, seen the Frankenstein uh, one. I haven't, I haven't seen his, his Dracula, but we'll figure it out. We got two weeks to get there. there. Yeah. We got time. I'm excited. I'm excited. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I've checked out a bunch. I mean, I, I'm going to say that and I probably will have. Yeah. We're not going that deep as far as, different versions it's more of a getting a historical perspective on the characters throughout the eras since since film has existed so nice so we're going to watch the universal ones then we're going to watch the exploitation era ones then we're going to watch the modern ones and then we're going to get to dracula untold and just throw a fucking tv out the window and be angry (laughs) about how universal fucking destroyed the greatest monsters ever That's the plan is to get you to throw your TV <laughs> out the window. Yeah. That's, that's generally speaking my objective. So, 
I'm pretty sure that's what you try to do to me. That's why I record in the basement where there's no windows. You're going to talk about episodes of Penny Dreadful? <laughs> yes. You, you watch all Let's of Penny all. Dreadful between now and next week, and then we'll discuss it. What is it, like four seasons? Uh, Three. Three. I've only seen two of them, so. Oh. Did you ever watch Penny Dreadful, Noah? I watched like the first three episodes and I was like, Hey, I like this. And then never finished it. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I did that too. But then later I watched them again. And the, the second time yeah. I kept going. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Yeah. I think I, I think I intentionally stopped after two seasons. Cause I'm like, this is really good. And I want to like give myself a break because I knew there was only one season left. And uh, I then never went back to it. And now I think I'd have to start over in order to be able to <laughs> remember what the hell happened. So, so did, you, did you guys see that supposedly the, they're remaking uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, they were see. going to. It's been put on hold once again. Um, they keep keep not knowing what direction they want to go with. And, of course, they want to keep Joss Whedon as far away from it as possible. Yeah, I think that they should probably just wait a lot longer before they touch that one. <laughs> Although I think Sarah Michelle Gellar has signed up for another horror adjacent show to return yeah. to TV. I think so. I forget what it is. Something about werewolves or something like. I'd rather instead of them redoing the TV series, I'd rather them try to reboot the movie <laughs> and do that again. I if if they did the movie but did it like serious and tried to make like a series of films about it, I think it could be interesting. Only if it, they uh, only. If they bring David Arquette back, bring him back. What about Pee Wee? Yeah, I was getting ready to say Pee-wee Paul Rubens is really the selling point for me. Uh-oh. But uh, we're talk about the guy that's dead now. Everyone's going to uh, be sad. I was going to say we're going to talk about Christy Swanson, uh, ultra Trumper. We're going to try to bring. Her <laughs> she can. She can just stay wherever she is. Whatever weird but bunker she's you, living in now. I told you guys about the time that she came to my hometown for some reason and got into a bar fight. So it's like, <laughs> awesome. it's just this super weird thing where you're like flipping through like the local paper and it's like actress Christy Swanson gets into a bar fight with a figure skater in downtown Kingston. It's like, what? <laughs> Maybe we need to hook her up with Ezra Miller and they can both go on some kind of fucking yeah. rampage. Godzilla versus Kong situation. Be like, we'll just, we'll just <laughs> let them kill each other. It'll be great. She's she's like the moon's owned by the Jews. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then he's like, Taylor "I am Lee. Christ, and this is my harem of children." Attack! <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know which one of these two people is worse. Oh, Jesus Christ! Maybe, well, Jesus, it, I think would be better. Maybe, maybe could just stay away from both of those two people and maybe they don't need to get to be famous anymore if they're going to behave crazily. We did a uh, bring Donald Sutherland back. I'd be down for that. Still alive. Yeah. It's going to be in a new uh, Stephen King movie. Yes. Actually, you know what? You could even have uh, Keeper Sutherland play him, which would be pretty funny. Ooh, yeah. What if you had like uh, you had the whole movie and then at the end you just like the reveal of Donald Sutherland as like the head of the Watchers is like how you tie it back into the original. Oh, there you go. Or did, he, did he die in the original? I don't remember. Uh, no. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. He did. He did. Oh, but what if we pull away? He's the head of the vampire council now. Ooh. Even Ooh. better. Ooh. We'll see. Fake, fake reveal. Oh, no. That's when you bring in Kiefer. And he, and he serves both roles from the Lost Boys and Buck. Perfect. See? Works itself. Ooh. Cross crossover. He's David. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. Now I'm kind of horny to see that movie. Need that to happen. <laughs> That's never gonna happen. I got news for you. <laughs> we made that shit up. Like <laughs> I suppose luckily I've got my new RPG where I could just make that happen in my fantasy world. <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.